What's going on guys? This is the Hot Tag. I am Crazy Francesco. I am so sorry that this uh, episode didn't drop when I, I initially said it was going to drop. I had um, some technical issues that really prevented me from even trying to record the show. Um, as in press record and here is my voice. Uh, for some reason, it just it completely just blew up, so I had to figure out a different way um, or a new app, as it were, to, to figure out how to uh, record my voice for this week's show. But we are up and running. Things are doing good. I apologize also um, for not having a show last week. So um, like I've said over the past month or so we've been doing the show, I said there might be some weeks where I I don't do the show um, each and every week because, as you all now know, my wife and I have a 10-month-old baby girl. So for those who have children, realize that the schedule that you normally have no longer really exists in in your favor. So during the week, um, in the case of my wife and I, Uh, she works full-time from home. I work full-time outside the home. So Monday through Fridays is work from, let's just say, for me, it's 7 a.m. to 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Then we come home. Uh, my wife is, is done around that same time. However, they're still the baby. They're still a dog that we take care of. Um, I mean, that's ours. We, we take care of him because he is ours. Uh, so... Then there's family time, then there's dinner, there's things you got to get done. You know, normal Americana lifestyles. So then the weekends come along and that's where we get to actually do things (laughs) that uh, responsible uh, adults have to do. Errands, chores, food shopping, you know, all the the great things that make you contemplate what is uh, the American dream, right? So, (laughs) uh, So during the week, there are times where I just cannot find an hour or so to record the show because as I've said so many years in the past, when I record this show, there are no redos, there are no stop and go, stop and go. Once I hit record, by the end of that hour or so, that's it. I'm done. I don't go back and listen to things. If it's bad, you guys will let me know. I try not to do a whole lot of editing, uh, which I've definitely have told uh, our super producer, Ricky, uh, who takes the show, uh, does you know w- what I ask him or what he feels sounds good, uh, and then he gives it all back, and then we're ready to roll uh, with another week's uh, episode now. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody who held on and asked me during the week if there was going to be another show, and we are here this week to just kind of highlight some things. I, I uh, I'm by myself this week, which is cool. I I don't mind being by myself. I like having co-hosts because it gives me a chance to bounce ideas off of people. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to hear, uh, a, you know, deferring uh, opinions. Um, but this week. Um, I have uh, just a couple things I want to touch on. I want to talk about the Phillies a little bit, which I'll start with. The NXT versus AEW with NXT now moving, announcing, not moving, I'll get into that, the the facade that's been going around the interwebs uh, in the internet uh, wrestling community or the IWC, as it were, uh, about you know, WWE battling AEW when for the past four years now, NXT has already been on Wednesday nights on the WWE Network. Uh, I want to get into the greatest player of all time argument um, and then, you know, just finish things off there. Um, so, 
definitely hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back on the other side, we'll get into some Phillies talk as we round out this season. Uh, as the Phillies are now fighting for their playoff lives. I think they're about a game and a half now out of that second wild card spot. Um, so this is the Hot Tag. I am Chrissy Francesco. If you guys want to follow me on social media, my name is at CDFran. Uh, 2-4, I believe. I don't think I've changed it. So we're going to stick with that. CDFran24. Um, on the Instagram, eh? I'm at uh, Chris e. Francesco. That's a private account. Uh, so send me a request, and obviously I'll probably, uh, as long as you don't look um, suspicious, I'll probably accept it. Uh, you know, there's photos of my child and of my family on there. So I, I, I try to keep things as, as private as I can while still being a pretty open person for you all. So uh, my name is Chrissy Francesco, and we will be right back um, in just a few seconds. So stand by. Welcome back, Hot Tag. I am Christy Francesco, and I am just hanging here uh, watching um, the Phillies' first game of their three-game weekend set in Miami against the Marlins, and they're uh, doing pretty good so far. 7-0 against the AA Marlins. Um, sitting here with my uh, my crime-fighting wonder dog, Griffey, and my little girl, Addie, here to my left, just sitting on the floor playing with a book or eating a book. It's a mixture of both. Well, nonetheless, we're going to talk about the fight in Phillies, and... It's been a real, you know, tough stretch, not only just for the team, but for the for people like us, you know, us little peasants here that root for the team and, and watch this team since day one back in, in April with all the excitement that was built around uh, this team with the additions of uh, Harper, Segura, Real Muto, McCutcheon, um, you know, you name it, you know, what they did in the offseason generated such a spark for this fan base that we haven't seen since, you know, the 2011 season or so, so. Uh, it's been a long time and then you know just fast forward where they are now they're a game and a half out of the, the second wild card and if you would have told me back in April that um, by mid to late August the Phillies would be you know just scratching to become a second wild card club I actually would have thought uh, I mean I don't think that's gonna happen they look to be a team that can win a division or at least be a top wild card team and you know ahead by quite a few games but that's not it and that's just really just been the story of the Philadelphia Philly season and that boils down to consistency the Phillies have had uh, other than Aaron Nola the Phillies have no starting pitching and they have no bullpen um, the bullpen has been basically um, um, scarred since day one where just their top three or four arms going into the season are all hurt and they're all out for the rest of the season basically David Robertson uh, Pat Neshack who's probably one of the biggest waste of space in um, you know in Major League Baseball so um, you know they, they've had to put starters in the bullpen just to log up innings and back into the starting rotation. The Velasquez is the the Eichhoffs, the the Eflins, You know all these guys that put Nick Pavetta's, and it's just been a a, a, a consistent cyclical nightmare. Uh, I guess is the best way I can put it. And um, you know a team that's been built to hit home runs is you know middle to the back of the pack and home runs in a, in, a, in a year where literally home runs are a plenty a league that is built on hitting home runs i mean we're in a year where baseball is going to be setting you know records of home runs and they they may have even um 
set that record, and it's August 23rd as I'm recording the show. So um, a team that's been built on home runs just isn't hitting home runs. Uh, Reese Hoskins has had probably one of the worst, you know, month and a half stretches I've seen out of a power hitter in a long time. Uh, whereas on the other end, statistically the most clutch baseball hitter in 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 Major League Baseball is Bryce Harper. And over the last month, um, I think Harper has just had a, a tear of an August. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, he's, I think, seventh or eighth in baseball in, in RBIs with over, nine, I think, 92 now. And I think he's, like, top 15 or 16 in, in home runs. Um, he's going to finish with over, you know, 105, 110 RBIs, over 30 home runs, um, probably about 100 walks. Uh, so, you know, for people complaining, I think those people have to kind of pay attention and study baseball a little bit more. So um, educate yourself on, on what a, a good season is. And, you know, you have to stop looking at the $330 million uh, number. Uh, you can definitely look at... Um, uh, you can definitely look at the, the fact that he's probably, you know, not even in the top 15 or 16, 18 uh, paid um, in, in baseball. And uh, as I'm recording this, uh, Vince Velasquez has now blown a 7 nothing lead, and the Marlins just tied the game in the bottom of the third, 7-7. Uh, seven to seven. Um, So and, and the fact that Vince Velasquez is even a major league pitcher is one of the largest embarrassments in professional baseball. But, um, but the problem with the Phillies is, is their consistency. Uh, that has been since day one the issue. Uh, they, they can string together three, four, five consecutive really good games. It's really hard for them to even... Uh, uh, throw together two really good games. Um, I'm not even sure they've even had, you know, outstanding weeks. Uh, and that's a team that just doesn't deserve to make the playoffs and a team that probably just will miss the playoffs. Um, and that's okay. Uh, this team wasn't supposed to go to the World Series this year. This is the first year of basically, you know, competing, being back to being competitive uh, for playoff and postseason baseball. And that's okay. So the offseason is going to be a very uh, uh, tell-all kind of sign. I don't think Gabe Kapler is the future of this team uh, as the manager. Um, I'm not a fan of him. I've been very outspoken about that. I've never seen a, a, a former player have such a lack of feel for a baseball game. And that's because he is a, a yes man for, for Matt Clentak and a guy that just studies and, and beats a dead horse with analytics. And that's uh, and the Phillies are a team that are not built for an analytical sabermetric baseball team. Um, they're a, a built to be a team, like I said, to hit home runs and slug, and they're not doing that. So what happens? That means you're going to struggle manufacturing baseball runs to win games. Uh, you're going to struggle with small ball. Uh, so that's that's what's going on, and the Phillies are are suffering that now. If the Phillies make the playoffs, I'd be stunned. I'd be happy. Uh, I don't think they're a team that is built for the long haul right now. They have like like I said in the beginning, they have one pitcher, and that's Aaron Nola. Their bullpen is just god-awful. It's one of the worst in baseball. Um, and they just don't generate enough offense to be consistent right now. So that that's the problem I see with the Phillies. Uh, to go to the Harper thing, I think he has done exceptionally well. I've read all year long how big of a disappointment uh, people look at him as. But, you know, it really, you know, 
really chaps my, you know, my lips. Uh, I'll, I'll keep this as PG as possible. It really, you know, bothers me when people say he's been a huge disappointment. One, all of those people saying he's been a huge disappointment probably can't touch a baseball over 80 miles per hour. So that bothers me right then and there. Um, maybe you could say he's not performing to his his potential. That's fine. You can say that. Don't tell me a professional baseball player is a huge disappointment when he's going to finish with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs, okay? Um, just go out there and try to do you know, a tenth of, of what he can do on a baseball field. So that bothers me because I play a lot of baseball and I have my whole life. So when people try to tell me, um, you can look at me and say, I'm disappointing. That's fine. I'm not a professional baseball player. Um, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say a guy that's going to hit 30 and 100 in his first season in a very high-pressure situation with a big-time city, um, hits 30 and 100. Um, I, I, that means to me, at coming into next year, I'm pretty darn excited to see what he's going to do uh, with this Phillies offseason, hopefully making them better. Um, do I trust Matt Klintak? I don't. I would also move on from him. That's again, that's that's just how I feel. I don't think the Klentak and Kapler experience is going to get the Phillies over the hill, uh, so to speak. Uh, but I'm very happy with with Bryce Harper. I think he's a superstar. I think he's gonna. I really do think he's gonna be a, a big cog in bringing a championship uh, to Philadelphia again uh, for baseball. And that man, that would be just the, the greatest thing uh, ever f- for me, obviously. Um, but no, that's that's my thoughts on the Phillies right now, uh, and uh, it, it's sad because there was just such high hopes for that team going into this year. Um, but uh, we got a big off season, I'm sure, coming up. Uh, the Phillies do have money to spend, players that will be have to be moved, guys like Mike Franco, Cesar Hernandez. Um, um, obviously, their their entire pitching rotation has to change. Um, so so we'll see see how that goes. Um, but no, uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about AEW versus NXT, um, what's been going on there. Uh, I am Christy Francesco. This is the hot tag, uh, and we will be right back in, in just uh, a few moments. Whoa! Welcome back. Hot tag. I'm Christy Francesco flying solo this week. Um, I just still can't believe what I'm watching as it's 7-7 and um, yeah, Phillies are blowing a 7 nothing lead. That goes right into what I was just saying on the um, the the last segment, and it, it's just unreal. But, okay, moving on, we got some pro wrestling talk to talk about. I'm sorry, sports entertainment to discuss. Um, AEW, as we all know, will debut on Wednesday nights on TNT, I believe October 2nd, and then just announced this past week uh, NXT, the – third or the uh, quote-unquote minor leagues of pro wrestling of wwe uh their 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 third brand as it were uh will be also debuting i believe september 18th on the usa network prime time eight o'clock and i believe it's going to two hours so um basically what this has created is we are going to see the wednesday night wrestling war as much as aew continues to lie and um try to 
just be as coy as they possibly can as always and say look this isn't about competing this is about providing an alternative an alternative means competing if you are a pro wrestling organization and you're on a television a major television network and there's another pro wrestling organization also on that network that is called competing you are competing for that audience to make sure they watch you and they don't watch the competition that's not an alternative that's competition. I don't know why the brass of AEW are so dumb when it comes to the verbiage that they spew to everybody. They're, they say every single time I want to provide, we want to provide an alternative uh, for wrestling fans. But we're not trying to compete with the WWE. It's it's a complete oxymoron because that, that, that that's business. The XFL, if the XFL was playing on Sundays with the NFL and they said they're they're trying to be an alternative for NFL football fans that's just bogus it's it's a lie you're you're trying to take an audience away from something that you are so if 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 I'm the owner of Starbucks and across the street from me is in Dunkin Donuts and I just or okay not Starbucks if I just built Chris's coffee shop across the street from Dunkin Donuts and I put on my tagline I want to be an alternative to Dunkin Donuts I basically just lied to every single human that's going to see my new coffee business my real goal is to make sure people stop going to Dunkin Donuts and they come over to me so I can make money and beat them I don't know why Wrestling fans who sometimes aren't the brightest bulbs in the world, and I get that because I'm a massive wrestling dork, and I can come off that way as well too. It depends on the situation. But for for pro wrestling fans to continue to put themselves in this this rabbit hole of believing that there's no such thing as AEW competing with NXT or WWE right now, it's just it's a lie. It's a farce. Okay, they are definitely competing. It's going to be a war. I don't like also how people are saying the WWE did this reactionary thing going on Wednesday nights. No, it doesn't work that way. One, NXT has been on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, on the WWE Network since 2015. That's the way it is. Now, you want to say it's counter-programming. I don't – I personally – can't factually say that and neither can any of you not the idiot dave Meltzer, the moronic wade keller bruce mitchell whoever those lying faux journalists are that try have been trying to kill the wrestling business for 30 years okay um and they've played a big hand in, in hurting it the last couple years so to me um it's not about so to continuously say it's not competition is the, the part that just bothers me. It's okay to say, yes, we are competing companies now that are going to be on the same night um, each and every week. 52 weeks, live programming, uh, two hours, and that's just the way it is. It is officially going to be the Wednesday Night War, and that's whether or not AEW acknowledges that. Listen, they've poked the bear, and that bear is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon looks at this as a war, as he should be. Pro wrestling has been his game for a long time. He's on top of the mountain, and whoever comes in under him, that's he's going to counter that, and he's going to say, all right, well, I'm going to put... 
I'm going to go up against you. I'm going to show you how it's done. And if there's one brand that can compete and be better because they already are better, that would be, um, that would be, um, NXT. NXT, I think, is a superior brand to Raw and SmackDown. Um, I think they're going to prove that. I'm looking forward to them proving that to everybody. Um, and that's just, that's, that's the deal. Um, so very much looking forward to that Wednesday night war uh, between NXT and WWE. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm not sure how I feel um, in terms of the, the programming for NXT because uh, NXT is just so special. Um, everything they do is, you know, what we as fans want Raw and SmackDown to do. What NXT is is what we all want Raw and SmackDown to constantly be. Um I don't know where the consistent the consistent disconnect is between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. I mean, a lot of people say it's Vince McMahon. It's more than that. It has to be more than that. It's creative. It's it's writing. Um, you know, from from what we hear from Adam Cole, you know, guys like Shawn Michaels allow all of their voices to be heard. And sometimes Michaels would cut in and say, "Well, what if you did this?" But still keeps the original plans in place of what those two performers want to do in the ring. Um, Adam Cole said that that match at the last Takeover in Toronto between he and Gargano, that three stages of hell match, or you know, two out of three falls basically, but three stages of hell. If you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Adam Cole said, you know, everything pretty much was what he and, and Gargano talked and 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 um, provided creative on to Shawn Michaels. And Michaels just said, okay, what if you do this one little thing different? And that was it. Everything else was Cole and Gargano allowed to call their shots. I don't know if that's what's going on in Raw and SmackDown and guys can't go up to Vince and, and present their creative. I'm pretty sure... Those kind of stories are overblown. I do think these guys, at least some of them, go up to vent and express what they want. Um, not, but do they get what they want? Obviously, you know, even back in the day, you had guys like Stone Cold say, "Look, you know, I would propose this, this, and this to Vince. He would shoot this down, but take this, and but then shoot the next thing down." At the end of the day, it's one man that runs the show. Um, so I would like to see Raw and SmackDown when these new television deals kick in, especially on Fox in October. I would really like to see just creative freedom um, from for these guys, and I want to see you know locker room leaders like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and and guys like that step up to the plate and actually maybe put some pressure on creative to say, look, this is what I think sh- my character should be, or I think this is what the audience wants, and go from there. Uh, that's how I feel uh, on that subject. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish things up. I want to talk a little bit about the, the 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 allure of calling someone the greatest ever, and um, to me, it's 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 incredible. It's it's a fun subject to talk about. Um, it's the most subjective question, the most subjective argument you can probably ever have um, within sports or even wrestling and, and stuff like that. So. Um, I want to go over that a little bit and give my two cents on that as we wrap up the show. Um, but before we take our final uh, break here, I advise everyone to go to collarandelbowbrand.com. It's a it's a wrestling fashion brand. Um, it's not like pro wrestling tees or anything like that. It's its own brand where you know you can get wrestling inspired t-shirts. Um, it, the company was created by Al Snow, former wrestler. Um, so definitely go there. Um, 
you know, they have shirts, hats, shorts, jackets, hoodies. You have anything you can have, even a, a great uh, women's uh, selection. Um, so when you guys go to colinabobrand.com, go to um, uh, go to the checkout and use the code hot tag. That's our show, H-O-T-T-A-G, uh, one word, and you will get 10% uh, off your order. So thank you very much to those that have done that already. Such a, I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, whatever you guys do, a little bit comes back and uh, helps the show continue to grow. Um, helps me get better recording abilities, so to speak. So thank you guys very much for all you've done that. I hope you guys continue to do that for us. Um, so uh, this is Christy Francesco, and you are listening to The Hot Tag. Um So I will be right back in just a few moments uh, with the greatest ever uh, argument, I guess you can say. So uh, stay tuned. Welcome back, Hot Tag. I am Christy Francesco, and we are on the final segment of this shizzo. Um, And I want to talk about a little bit things that go on a lot lately, because over the past week or so at, at my uh, place of employment uh, for now um, is the discussion of the greatest ever this, the greatest ever that. And that stems from watching what Mike Trout has been doing all this year and how the guy is 27 and he seems to only be getting better. And it's just incredible watch. And I brought up the question to a couple of my 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 coworkers or their, you know, their friends of mine, one of them being Jay. And I said, I mean, it's possible that we're watching the greatest player of this era. And the one, another person said, well, no, I think he might be the greatest ever. And then that sparked the, the thought in my head is I just don't think that's possible. And here's why I don't think there's to me in my head, I think there's legitimately two legitimate true you know goats as they say of pro sports i think that's jerry rice of pro football and i think that's wayne gretzky of the nhl of of pro hockey other than that um it's really hard to say who the greatest um like professional basketball player is because you can make an argument for michael jordan you can definitely make an argument for wilt chamberlain um you know, people are even saying you can make an argument for LeBron James already. Um, so that that's where uh, people, it starts to really get skewed a little bit. You know, there are people that will tell you pound for pound, Allen Iverson might be the greatest basketball player to, to ever live. Um, I mean, I think it's a stretch, but it's it could be a valid argument, right? So in, in baseball, I think baseball is the most intriguing because baseball is, is the greatest sport you know, uh, on earth and it's, it's history is so rich and it's loaded with, with greatness, with legends. And it's, you know, America's game and it's America's game for many reasons. Um, so let's just kind of go over some names here of who people consider to be the greatest ever. You know, you got Babe Ruth who leads the pack, you know, Babe Ruth is baseball. Um, you have, you know, guys like, DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, or um, Ted Williams, Stan Musial, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, 
Um, and then for pitchers, you know, you got the Sandy Koufaxes, um, the, the, the Bob Gibsons, uh, the Carltons. Um, then you go a little bit further up. You got the Nolan Ryans, obviously, the Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez. And then you go a little bit further. You got Ken Griffey Jr. Um, even now you got Mike Trout. Um, so it, 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 it's incredible. Um, and then you got Barry Bonds, of course, who, you know, I look at as possible could be the greatest to ever play the sport. I mean, if if you go look at his numbers, you know, performance enhancing drugs aside, because guess what? Every sport does it. And, you know, it's just a matter of if you get caught or not. Um, but in baseball, I really don't think steroids is a huge component of success. I think the the big, huge benefit that our steroids are the, the process of, of being healthy longer and being and just you know being able to recover faster um barry bonds was going to be a, a legend a hall of famer a, a top 10 player possibly ever with or without it um so to me i, I look at um a, a lot of factors so to me i it, it, with sports and 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 anything when you call someone the greatest of all time it, it I think it's a flawed argument because how can somebody my age, and I'm going to be 33, how can somebody of my age say Ken Griffey Jr. is the greatest player to ever live when I never got to see Willie Mays, right? How can I say um, Pedro Martinez is the greatest pitcher of all time when I didn't get to see Sandy Koufax or the Bob Gibsons or the Nolan Ryans, right? So that's how... I look at it. Um, I, I think you can break down the greatest player of all time at that position. Like, I think you can go by positions and you can pretty much say, you know, maybe who's the greatest player to play that position ever. Uh, but to say who's the greatest player of all time, I think it, it's it's not fair because there's eras, there's generations. The game was different. You know, you look in, in an era of Babe Ruth where home runs weren't really hit home runs weren't the the cool thing then um in terms of popularity it was cool when babe ruth did it because it was so new it was the concept of watching this baseball get crushed every night so to me babe ruth was the greatest of that era and then you move into guys like ted williams who now you're looking at guys that are batting 400 or you know 380 and above and guys that are having not only batting 380 but they're hitting 45 home runs 135 RBIs they're also their on base percentage is you know pushing 500 um, on a consistent basis and the home runs are starting to be hit um, so that and, and then you just keep going up and up and up where the pitching is being becoming so dominant uh, moving up the ranks and in era after era after era you know in the 60s it was you know the Mickey Mantle era where people said he was the greatest, you know, player of all time in the 60s, you know, because he was the kind of guy that could was an incredible outfielder and, you know, was a switch hitting power hitter, um, but could hit for average. And it and it just moves right up on the ranks. Right. Um, so it, it and then you go into the later years and then you've got the Maguires, uh, the Griffies, um, the Barry Bonds's and then you know before him you know obviously we were not mentioning like Willie Mays or Hank Aaron you know Hank Aaron is you know to to 95% of the baseball audience the home run king um, but he wasn't really great at anything else he was a home run hitter that was his job and obviously he's he was incredible at it um, 
but nobody ever talks about Hank Aaron being the greatest of all time. Uh, but yet, in a game that's built off of home runs, that's a guy that, according to the Baseball Hall of Fame and, and baseball statistics, there's no asterisk next to his name. He is the home run king, right? Um, so to me, you, you, when you call someone the greatest of all time, I don't think anyone can sit there and actually confidently say Mike Trout's the greatest player of all time. Well, one, if you're like 20-something in your early 20s, you never got to see Ken Griffey Jr. play baseball. You know, you, you didn't get to see him at all. Um, you know, if you, if you want to tell me, um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt or, or, or somebody like that is, you know, one of the best players that I've seen at first base. Well, did you ever watch Todd Helton? You know, did you ever see in his first 12 years, did you ever see Aunt, um, Albert Pujols, who could possibly be the greatest right-handed hitter of all time? Um, you know, stuff like that. Or people say Alex Rodriguez is the greatest third baseman, you know, that I've to, to ever play the game. One of the best players ever. Well, did you, you never got to see Mike Schmidt. You know, it's and that's my that's with me. I never got to see Mike Schmidt. I never got to see Willie Mays. I never got to see Ted Williams. Um, I, I I got to see Ken Griffey Jr. I got to see Barry Bonds. I got to see Vladimir Guerrero. I got to see Ichiro Suzuki. You know, I I I had a chance to watch Randy Johnson. I had a chance to watch Pedro Martinez, Roy Halladay, um, the the latter years of Nolan Ryan. Um, and then now, you know, I've watched the whole career of Clayton Kershaw, who just passed Sandy Koufax for the most strikeouts in Dodgers history. Does that mean he's better than, than Sandy Koufax? I, I don't know. I never got to see Sandy Koufax pitch. So it, it it's, it's really hard for me to sit here and tell somebody, you're wrong if you tell me that Mike Trout's the greatest player of all time. I'm not going to say that, you know, you're, I'm not going to say you're wrong because everyone has their opinion, but I... I'm going to say to them, okay, but that's great. You know, did you ever get to see in his prime Ken Griffey Jr. play baseball? No. Well, I think t- Mike, I think um, uh, Barry Bonds is the greatest, you know, hitter to ever play the game. Well, did you ever see Ted Williams? You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's that kind of thing. And you go to all sports. When people say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with them, but did you ever see Joe Montana? You know, did you ever watch Dan Marino? Um, did you see Brett Favre in his prime? You know, those kinds of things. And, you know, people say, you know, Randy Moss is the greatest of all time. And it's an argument that gets me mad. I'm going to say, well, did you ever see Jerry Rice? Did you watch Terrell Owens at that time? Um, did you ever watch Tim Brown? You know, it it's those kinds of things. I think you can't call somebody the greatest of all time, except for maybe two guys, like I said in the beginning. That's Rice and that's Gretzky. I don't think you can call somebody the greatest of all time when you haven't seen the great players of different eras. And, and I, it's it's a fun argument, obviously, to talk about. You know, I think this guy's the greatest of all time. People say it now the goat, like it's just this this cool thing to say now. Um, you know, people post videos of Carson Wentz and they have an emoji of a goat. Okay, well, obviously, you're just trying to be. Not funny, but you know you're you're confident in Carson Wentz or something like that, and you enjoy you enjoy them. You think it's just cool to say, or put that emoji up there, but you know realistically that's just not it. Um, so I think to call someone the greatest of all time is is a stretch unless it's emphatic, and I really truly and it's not biased against um, 
uh, with my with my love for growing up as a Niners fan or even now currently a guy that I've idolized Jerry Rice but you ask most people in pro football who the greatest professional football player of all time is and they all say Jerry Rice um in hockey you have Wayne Gretzky and it kind of stops there Wayne Gretzky might be the greatest professional athlete to ever play the game I mean, he has numbers that will never be broken. Um, I know people are talking about Alexander Ovechkin possibly breaking the goal record of 892. I just don't think he has enough time or the, you know, I'm not sure Father Time is on his side in terms of productivity and consistency. At some point, something's got to give, especially a a guy that's played as physical as he has for his whole career. Um, But, you know, best of luck to him. I mean, he'll never get, you know, 2,800 points, but, you know, eight. 150 almost 900 goals is nothing to 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 snark at so um i so i just wanted to talk about that because that's something that i've that's really been on my mind for a long time i think when you're classifying greats of all time of a sport you have to look at the eras what kind of baseball was being played in that era who were the stars of that and then how did things change going into the next decade, the decade after that, the decade after that. Um, The same can be said with football. You know, it's hard to say, you know, uh, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time if you never see Montana or like Johnny Unitas play. Um, It's just, it's a a weird argument. I think it's one that people really can't say. Um, You know, Emmitt Smith is the greatest of all time in running back. Well, I mean, did you ever see Barry Sanders? Uh, it, it's it's those kinds of questions that you can propose to somebody. Well, no, I never saw Barry Sanders. Well, then it's how can you call somebody the greatest of this if you've never seen the ones that that predated him? Who set the precedence? And then after that, who broke that pres- precedent and then elevated it? You know that that's how I look at it. Who were the, who transcended the game? Who transcended that position? Um, so that's how I view it. Um, let me know what you guys think on that, and we can definitely discuss that. Um, I'm going to wrap things up here. For those um, who are going to want to know about next week, there's definitely going to be a show next week. Again, not sure what we're going to talk about um, because in podcasting, if you don't do something every single day, things change. Um, so definitely we're going to we'll find out. I'll let you guys know maybe Monday or Tuesday on my social media pages what's going to be discussed if we have a guest, who it will be. Um, most likely going to have Bryn Swartz on next week and his brother Cody to, to prepare for the Eagles season as uh, next Thursday is their final preseason game, um, arguably the most irrelevant football game um, in the entire calendar year. Uh, so very much looking forward uh, to that discussion. Um, so this has been um, a really fun episode for me of the Hot Tag. Hope you guys check it out and download uh, wherever you guys can leave um, comments and ratings. I hope you guys give us five stars. I don't care. You know, rate and review. That's all. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I really do appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your week and weekend. I'm going to... Um, uh, you know, right off into the sunset here for a, a really busy weekend ahead. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Twitter at CDFran24. Uh, if you want to follow Kyle Barona at Kyle B-A-R-4-2 or at J-Mill, that's J-M-I-L-2-1 uh, on Twitter. Uh, and I will catch you all down the road. Have a great rest uh, of your weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.